you're damn right you trust my judgment. Cause I'm a fucking king, dude. You know that? You heard of a, You ever heard of a king? You're more like a Binoff king. You're looking at him. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're more like a Sabertooth. Wow. Like that... a Leaf Schreiber. Hey, he was the, you know, the one saving grace of that movie, so. Of Wolverine Origins, you're talking about? The one and only. The best. The one, the best of the bunch. Did you hear, did you, well, rather, have you seen the latest trailers for uh, the new X-Men movie that's coming out on Friday? Uh, for Dark Fenix? No. Yeah, it's like, the saga is ending. And I was thinking about the movies as a whole. I was like, this is no saga. There is no <laughs> continuous. No yeah. like just random stories that you guys chose to make a movie about. They just sort of m- mashed First Class and Days of Future Past together. And it was just like, here's a new X-Men team. Like, there you go. I mean, it, it fell off right at fucking, uh, what's the one where they go back in Apocalypse. time? Apocalypse. No, that one was horse shit too. I didn't like. I did not like Apocalypse. Oh, I thought. You, oh, well, because you said fell off. I thought you meant like when well, it was, started getting bad. That's the word. It did start getting bad. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because Days of Future Past was good. Like, yeah, I, I like it. I like Days of Future Past. But First Class was just kind of like, why? Oh God, who, First Class is so this? corny. When I, I used to like that movie though too. I admittedly back in the day. I did too. When it first came out. I think when we realized how many times Kevin Bacon says Azazel, we were like, okay, this movie is <laughs> not that good. And then you got Zoe Kravitz, who's like a little fairy in it, and she just like spits at people. And you have the uh, what's his name? I'm adaptable. Uh, Darwin, who just <laughs> dies immediately. I'm adaptable. I'm adaptable. <laughs> yeah. That was so great. I always remember that line. I adapt to every situation. I'm adaptable. Oh, Lord. Well, we're not here to really talk about no X-Men trash movies, dude. No, we're not here to talk about shit. Yeah, this movie, this movie, well, this movie of a podcast actually has gotten started, so I've been recording, so hello, listeners. You're back in the chair with us. Welcome to hell. Welcome to the danger zone. Welcome (laughs) to the academy, am I right? First class. This is a first class podcast. We should have called this podcast the first class podcast. The first class podcast, and, and then it's just all make it about all about X-Men Brian Singer. Yeah, no, just Brian Singer's X Men as a whole. Is he doing this Dark Phoenix one? No, no. But he's going to be doing something else anyway. He's he's, he's doing being, a Hulk Hogan movie. I thought. Well, he's also doing the. That's uh, really weird that he's doing that. Sonja Red Sonja. Both also weird that he's doing. Right. It's like why do you why him why why are you revitalizing this guy? Like <laughs> yeah, give it to like a Robert Rodriguez or something. I this isn't a, a character Sanja. we need back in the field. You know, like, Red Sanja or Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Oh, like, definitely not. Yeah. You've been suspended. You're off the bench, <clears throat> sir. Yeah. Well, this is another uh, movie episode for you listeners. In case you haven't figured it out, we're here to just talk X Men. Um. So, what do we like about it? The movie's coming up. JK, JK, we're not here to talk X-Men. We're here to talk a little bit more of a refined film selection, if you will. We are here to talk both kind of one, two Suspirias. A little, we're taking you back to fifth grade and doing a little bit of comparing and contrasting. Oh, Stanhope's class. Shout out Cantwell, class of 2010. Where you at? Get at me, folks. Um, For my English heads out there, compare and contrast. Yeah, so I would say let's start with the more recent one. Well, Suspiria. tell me what it is first. What do you mean? I said we're, we're comparing both Suspirias. What are you talking about? 
Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, okay. Not listening, just like in high school. So it is very much a high school episode. Great. This is. Yeah, so we're here to talk to Spiria, Caesar. Um, you know, get your life together and join the podcast because we're at Sorry. we're at the half hour mark. No, we're not. We're at the five minute mark. I had a lot of coffee today, in case you can't tell. <laughs> and a bump. I've been doing bumps. I've been. You know how we were talking about microdosing last week? Uh huh. Well, You've I've been, been microdosing on that yay. Microdosing yay, and I feel terrific. Mmm. Yeah. But Every yeah, five minutes, dude. Ooh. That's microdosing, right? <laughs> Yeah, I gum it though, so you don't get addicted. Um, but anyways, yeah, let's talk Suspiria, dude. Let's oh, talk. Is that what they say? That is exactly what they say, and it, you know what? It's proven to work. So get off my case, and let me do my microdose <laughs> for the yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get right to it, dude, because we're dwindling on about Coke and X Men. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk Suspiria, dude, and let's talk the most uh, recent one because it's a little more fresh, at least yeah. in my mind. Um, Caesar, you know, well, you want to give me your thoughts on what you think of the new, new latest rather Suspiria? Because we know it's going to get remade eventually. Um, well, first thought, it shouldn't have been made. Second thought, if it was going to be made, I think it should have just been its own original film instead of having the name and sort of um, universe building that comes with it, you know. And uh, it kind of the the film in its entirety kind of bugged me just because. <laughs> There was just some parts that were so that that were like really good and very kind of profound, you know, because yeah. they they're shot gorgeously, like everything's very gorgeously lit and like it's well crafted. Camera, it's a well crafted film. We'll the, say that even the way the camera moves, like those right. subtle zoom ins and push outs on scenes, you know, very uh, similar to like an Argento style as he does those sort of zoom ins and stuff. Um, but overall, when you take the film in its entirety, it just like, again, it's one of those like sort of unraveling films that for the sake of its uh, vanity needs to be picked apart in order to kind of unearth the subtext that's hidden behind it. Because mm. it takes place in a much more convoluted era and and period that... Which I felt is, was like, I don't know... I don't, it was interesting. I mean, I th- I thought it was cool that he decided to do this, but it didn't. It did nothing for been... the story, really. Well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like you're setting it in this time space that they're just acknowledging Ooh. about that they know the history of Berlin and Germany at that time. It's like, hey, we're setting it in Germany. Hey, y'all remember the Holocaust? It's right across the, from the Berlin you. Wall. Get the divide. There's a divide in this film. Get exactly. it? It's right over here. Politics, yo, just like the politics. Yeah. at the dance club. Um, <laughs> But it's made by the guy. Whoa, Luke. that's the wokest t- statement on this movie I've ever heard. Damn, you don't even need to do an episode on it. But go ahead. The, we we can end it right there. Um, <laughs> the director's Luca Guadagnino. I don't know how you say his last Guadagnino. I yeah. think that's how I'll say it. Guag. Let's do it that way. We'll say it like that. Mr. Guag uh, <laughs> decided to remake this film. He's also an Italian filmmaker. Most people know him by his. Uh, big hit wonder that came out, I think, last year or two years ago, Call Me By Your Name. So it was really interesting to see him take this kind of departure to this type of film. He has worked with Tilda Swinton before, so I thought it was going to be interesting to see. How he, he really loves her. her. I mean, he gave her three full roles. He in. gave her three full parts that could have been played by any other person, really. Not a budget, I you know? mean, she was very much calling it in for her Madame Blanc part, I think. Like, yeah. I, she didn't exert any sort of um, 
sort of benevolence or I don't think anger. she was a benevolent figure in this one. To me. Yeah, I mean, Blanc, more like bland. Oh, you know? yeah, I mean, I don't think she was supposed to. I think like we're in the original Suspiria, the women, the witches in the film are actually all like benevolent and have this underlying scheme. Like you said, in the in the new one, there's this political divide where like witches are like, I guess, good in Tilda Swinton's case. I don't know. They in the eyes seem like of, they're Nazis or something. Or like they're Nazi repentanists or something. Did you know, say like, that? I don't know. Because like the historical context that they put in it and how like the dance uh, was assembled and stuff and mm. like the sort of dancing True. they did, like it was outlawed, I guess, or something like right. that or... You know, and I, I think there's this play with this sort of occultism that relates to the Nazis at the time. But that's the thing. It's like you're really unclear as to whether or not they're good or bad. You just know right. they're they're up to something. They're mischievous. They're scheming, you know? yeah. They're scheming in the shadows and in mm. plain sight for some reason. For like every single scene these witches can get, they just love staring at each other and just like, <laughs> giving away nobody questions the what they're doing like what are they plot. doing yeah and it's like dude I, okay i get it you can communicate telepathically like why not do that instead of like i don't know they it, it just felt like they were giving everything on a silver platter to people who love the old film to be like to pick apart to be like, oh, that's Argento. Oh, that's a little bit of Argento there. Mm. Ooh, that's like a little bit of this over here right. and it's like what does what purpose does that serve for the entire? You're like not telling us anything about witches or, or the Holocaust or this sort of Berlin Wall or the Bider Meinhof Company or any like you're just putting these sorts of pieces in there for your own sake. Like it, it's a very vain project, I think that this guy underwent. Mm. Even Argento was quoted as saying that fucking. Um, he literally said uh, that, like, why would you just try, like, if it's not, if you're going to make the It's the like the film, idea of throwing, like. Why even, you're going to have to make a copy, right? You're making the copy of what I already made. And if you're not going to do that, then it's like do something else, but don't call it a spirit. Yeah, it's like that whole back to, like, creating subversion just for the sake of subversion, where this guy just had, like, symbols just for the sake of having it in his film. And like you said, it was a very vain project because i never i haven't really seen it in that light um and the more that we've started to pick up parts the newer superior the less i've liked i liked it because when i first watched it when we were first decided we were going to do this because I've, I've seen it a bunch of times and i like it like it's kind of a good movie on the back in the background it, it's not bad it's not bad but it's also not suspiria and also not true to what the original suspiria even was i mean this one i don't i mean i guess you can it's a horror film because there are horrific elements of it but it's of like course. more of like a thriller drama it's a drama it's like a, it's a more drama. of a drama yeah where the other one was a suspense film throughout the entire film you know yes and i think that the even the dancers were kind of all sort of vacuous like they were just kind of hollowed out beings like that that didn't really <laughs> that didn't really have uh these personalities that would really come out like in the old film like the way that the girls would like look at each other yeah. and like like they're very like like children, you know, yeah. like they play fight with each other and, and even gave se- this sense of sisterhood and just like uh, and they really um, dumbed down uh, Sarah Sarah's character, right? That's her name. 
her yeah, little, uh, uh, played by Mia Goth in this one in the remake. Who's gonna um, be in uh, Death Stranding? I think isn't that her? Maybe not. I thought Mia Goth, really? Uh, oh, maybe. maybe. Her, I like her as an actress. Um, she has been in like uh, other stuff that I've seen, like from the Lars von Trier, and I I do think she's a good actress. But yeah, I think she was. I don't know. She just seemed really vague and just <laughs> incoherent. Like I don't. It just seemed. Yeah. Boring. Like they just. She was just a boring. Bored. All the like exposition and all just any of the dialogue was kind of just boring and drawn out. I think what I like more are the visual aspects of Suspiria. The story yes. in itself is just yeah, like you said, it's kind of boring. I like the incorpor- incorporation of dance and the witches and the occult, but they don't really get into the. I witches. mean, there's, there's much these... more dance than the original. That's for it's sure. It's more dance central um, centered, yeah. And I will say that the best scenes probably do the incorporate the dancing. Yeah. Um, but they're not filmed in a way that is very that is as hypnotic as like the Gaspar dance. Like I, I oh, think he no. underutilizes the way the camera would be able to really yeah. take in the hypnotism of their movements and even the strenuous like way that these bodies contort. Except for obviously the scene where uh, Susie first gets to the um, uh, to the dance studio and basically just twist a fucking another person's body to ruin which i really liked that was that was that was yeah that was great but it's like he i I mean that was a very horrific display but it just again a lot of it didn't really add up to anything because you have these jarring moments where it just moves over to this uh sort of guy who's taking on a detective sort of case for himself who's the psychiatrist um, and in the original, the psychiatrist is only like five minutes in there. And he he's has like, so much knowledge of witches. And and that's it. That he, he's only <laughs> there to serve the purpose of moving Susie forward as the protagonist. Yeah. But in this case, it's like the, he kind of like steals the narrative. Like he, they have to incorporate him in order to move the story. But it's like he's useless. He's just like. He really is a useless character. He doesn't, he doesn't really do, do even anything. Like bringing him like what is he? He's trying to solve. For what? For Chloe Grace's he's just memorabil- character? He's memorabilia. That's it. That's it. He's like this statuesque figure that they can use to remind everybody, like, hey, remember, we're in Berlin. Remember, this guy was alive during the war. Right. You know, Nazis, dude. Remember? Remember? Yeah. And I don't It's just these vain signifiers that, again, I feel are... are vain feel, is the description for this word that I'm, I'm coming to realize, dude. <laughs> the vanity project. Honestly, like, yeah. you... You have to be so up your own ass, I think, to take on a project of this magnitude and think that, like, think that there's not going to be these sort of ramifications or critiques that come with Pushback. it. And like, like we were talking about, people who, when you have a cult film like Suspiria, people are so goddamn quick to defend it and mm-hmm. and to judge it. Even if it is moderately good, people are going to rip it apart, like, because it's not true to the original Suspiria film. It's something entirely different. So I think people get defensive when you just use the name and kind of use that as... I I think it was more of a marketing platform to just be like, look, I'm doing Suspiria again. Yes. And again, I think it's more of like um, for this highbrow crowd of uh, criticism that's going to come out from this as like he's... He's making a film for these other auteurs and like mm-hmm. um, f- uh, famous critics and stuff, not for an audience to right. be viewed and to be appreciated. It's like he wants someone who's um, intellectually superior to watch this and 
tell him all the things that they found in it that were so mm. provocative. And he's like, explain my film to me. I want you to ex- watch this film and explain it to me. Mm, yes. Did you catch it? Did you catch the all the little things that yeah. I put? <laughs> when you really break down this film, like you said, dude, it's a vanity piece. That's all you can really like chalk it up to. You. And, it is. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get into <laughs> not the. Uh, I just. Got, I mean, Tom York. Well, wow. Why? Oh. God. I know we mentioned this before. Another part. Another vanity episode. project, dude. Literally Again, another vanity yes. project. It's just the vanity these, duels. The vanity boys. Tom Merrick was like, I can be somber, but and I can just make a great soundtrack for you. Unmade. Don't fucking start. <laughs> dude, the music could have been at least better. I'll just say better. Because <laughs> it's not... I listened to it just on its own the other day just to kind of get an idea. Because, I mean, I like Radiohead. I don't have a problem with Tom York, I don't have really. a problem with Radiohead. Or, I just have a problem with the music he chose to... Put in these images. Yeah, it's like it's just his vocal work that gets. (laughs) Like, what movie were you watching when you made this? Because obviously, it wasn't this. Because I gotta say, it's very like you said. It was so like you had to laugh out loud because of how jarring it was in that last scene of when it's starting to come together and uh, this giant blood guar show is getting started. Such a, I think that scene was so cool. Like it was really cool the way yeah. he used the bodies, the way he set up the entire set. Right. But then it moves to that very like sort of quick slow Where motion, like, almost like photographic, you know? Yeah, like very nineties well, music video. And then with Tom York's sound, <laughs> like <laughs> it just like it jarred me out of it completely. And yeah. I think you had mentioned this to me before. And I just didn't really be- – I, I mean, it was funny when you had said it, but watching it is just like – Woof. Dude, the editor just didn't think like, hey, get another song that we can put maybe. Or maybe just take your your singing out of it. We don't need your singing. It just felt like this guy, Luca, didn't really have a clear vision as to what he really wanted to make. Like he was elevating all this sort of um, – mythology and uh, metaphors and psychoanalysis that Suspiria presented when it first came out and elevated them to this level where he created like alternate characters that have to revolve around it, you know, to like create this wider subtext. And it's like, that was completely unnecessary. And now you made your film even more incomprehensible because of that. It's like, again, you, you just chose to do that for your own sake. That's it. (laughs) Very selfish film now that we're breaking it down. Very selfish. Yeah. And then you just told Tom York, yeah, do do what you want. You know, at have least, free range. I trust you. We're friends. At least Argento composed his soundtrack with Goblin, with the band Goblin. Like, yeah. He he did it with him. He told him exactly what they wanted. Dynamite duo. Dynamite and it's film duo. One of the most original soundtracks, I would say, for a film ever. Yeah. I mean, so, you know exactly what film it's from when you hear it. Exactly. It's more memorable than Tom York's humming that sounds like another cheap Radiohead album. It just sounds like he's re- he's going to be releasing an album this year. <laughs> I think he That's performs it. these songs. I'm not gonna not, don't quote me on that, but I think I've I watched a few videos with uh, him performing. <laughs> but like the the Goblin soundtrack just goes so much more with the theme of fucking witches. Like right. witches aren't these Witch. fucking 
Yes, like they're not these sad, you know, droopy girls who are just like <laughs> fighting amongst each other for power. Like that's right. not all they're all they are. They're a sisterhood. They're a covenant. They're covenants. They're exactly. They're sisters. They're complicated. They're they're boy crazy. They're also like they are uh, uh, power hungry with each other. But it's it, like all of these complications revolve around how he expresses these characters, how he films them with Dario Argento, at least. With Luke, it's like he doesn't really care about it, like what he's showing. He just wants people to be like, "That is so cool." Like again, explain my so film layered. To you. Yeah, he just so wants people to break dude. it down. He it's wants like a art, fucking onion. He wants BuzzFeed and Vice articles to be written about how layered and in depth his exactly past and how reminiscent it was of the first one. But I think in no way th- I think it was reminiscent of the original. If I can quote this one, I sent you quote this, it art, up. Uh, uh, this article, but this one quote I think sums it up perfectly. Sum and it's it from up, bro. This bro named uh, oh. Richard Brody oh, uh, yeah. out of the out of the New Yorker who says, okay. <laughs> "The Wikipedic superficiality and political frivolity with which these grand historical and psychological themes are applied to the gory drama are matched by the appropriation of a few jingling baubles of feminist dialogue meant to get viewers hungry for substance <laughs> to salivate. They're the product and the fruit of lazy filmmaking." The movie has nothing to say about women's history, feminist politics, civil violence, the Holocaust, the Cold War, or German culture. Instead, Guag thrusts some thusly labeled trinkets of view at viewers and suggests that they try to assemble them. Mm. The result is sordid, flimsy, Holocaust kitsch, fanatical chic with all the actual political substance of a designer Che t-shirt. Yeah. That is scathing right there. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have feel the false substance in that movie. So I'm gonna chalk up suspicion. And like assemble it, like, ooh, here's the pieces, assemble it. You know, like what did he mean by that? Or what is that <laughs> from? Like the mother what? The three mothers? You know about that? What is that? You know about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna chalk it up to a uh, well crafted film, not very memorable, a little bit difficult to it, chew after you really watch it a few times and a at first glance you know when i first saw it I, I saw it with jawal and ralph and we were like i honestly didn't know how to feel about it and that's kind of how <laughs> i feel now that's how i felt after watching it too I'm i like, told you yeah I like, like i have uh, so many mixed feelings yeah like i want to like it but when you really break it down it's not a very good film i mean yeah, visually, I think is what it's what it's its saving grace. The pacing is nice. I do like the pacing of the film. It moves along nicely, but like you said, it just puts all these little trinkets in front of you and doesn't really go in depth further. It's kind of like the Game of Thrones season eight of a true of a film. So, but again, and it also speaks volumes to the type of uh, creators that are out there who get like. Yeah. One accolade for a film that they make, and they think, "Oh, I'm a, I can do anything now. Like I can take on any project and like make the best films." And mm. they go and do remakes or you know like sequels, and it's like, where is the creativity going? You know, it's like I mean, one of the things I appreciated this film a little more, as I've said, is it it wasn't called fucking Suspiria, yes. and like you said, if at the end or something, it gave like an ode to Argento in some capacity. But 
as I would being have thought a, it was great that like there's then I would have been like oh wow like there are all these things that relate to it right of, and then all the how, little bite sized trinkets that he puts in front of you kind of would have had a little more meaning because I would have been like I see what he's doing but now it's it was too directed in your face and I guess pandering sort of like never mention better art than your own art right. you know yeah as like the backbone for what you're doing like that's yeah, never, i think that's like a false equivalency because you're already setting yourself up for failure you're saying right. you're saying my art is on par with this person's this is how you're going to equate it yeah um and if you don't like it then well, you know fuck you <laughs> well you can send a big fuck you to us because i think we ripped it apart but let's we get into uh, let's get into the 77 og good version yeah bark it up you mangy mutt yes that's that that is that the dog from suspiria sicking somebody else uh caesar is mouthing to wrangle the dog and strangle uh, it right trying to wrangle that at he up. wants to strangle his dog dude side note i had to I have the craziest little animal story for you right now it's gonna break your heart i don't know if you're ready but it's very sad so I went out on last week and I I came back and I parked my car in front of my house. It was around like eleven o'clock and I get out and I hear a meowing like a me me like for sure a little kitten. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh shit! Like there's a little kitten I gotta go rescue because it's probably just like I don't know hurt somewhere or something. So I walk over to the where the sounds coming from. And it's dark. It's like eleven o'clock at night. Walk over and I, and we don't see it. And I'm like, where's the cat? And I we, it gets it's really loud at this point. And my girlfriend points down. And she's like, "Dude, it's right there." And it was like, "Dude, fresh, fresh." And I mean, umbilical cord still attached out the womb, little abandoned kitty cat. Jesus Christ! Was, I almost stepped on it, and it was all tiny and squeamed. Like I was like, "Dude, oh. what do you what what do I do?" So we got a towel because it was obviously cold. It was meow- it was as soon as the second we wrapped it up in a little towel, it stopped meowing and. uh I called animal control. I called like the nearest pets control center. I don't know uh-huh. why I called it that shelter. Um, and they're like, no, you can't bring it in. Like you are like, we're not going to dispatch anybody until the morning. If you bring it in, you have to claim it as your cat. And then you got to tackle on all these medical bills, blah, blah, blah. So I was like freaking out and I Google what to do. And it says basically just keep it warm, leave it where you found it. And if the mother, co- the mother might come back for it or whatever. So we wrap it up. I heat up a little water bottle underneath the towel, wrap the little kitty up in a blanket. It's a little squirming guy. It's tiny. <laughs> I mean, it's still wet. Um, Jesus keep it Christ. warm, put it in a shoebox, and I leave it in front of my house overnight. Um, and I'm fucking, I, it's hard to sleep. I keep thinking the cat's going to freeze to death. I'm going to have to go check in the morning. It's me, a little dead kitty. Um, so the morning comes. The cat doesn't get re- picked up by its mom. So like, we're like, fuck, what do we do? Um, and then we call animal control for them to finally come and they're like, okay, we'll dispatch somebody over there. Um, so then the dispatch comes and then the woman's picking up the cat and I'm like, oh, are we going to get updates on the cat? Like what's going to happen? And they're like, we're this, we're going to have to put it down. Oh, we're like, it's Jesus too, it, it needs its mother. It's too small. Like if the reason it's out there is because the mother probably sensed that something is, is already uh. wrong with it. Um, so uh, we we just have to take it and put it down. And I was like, fuck, like, that's terrible. And I was like, should I have, like, not touched it? Because I was really concerned about getting a scent on it. Because I hear that's what happens to birds. If a bird, if you touch a baby bird, the mother is just going to abandon it. Mm-hmm. So I was really careful not to actually touch the cat. Just kind of, you know, fondle it with the towel. 
And she's like, no, that was probably a better call because if you would have left it out there, like I've seen they're like ravens come and they pick it apart and there's like bugs and ants and shit. So she's like, at least you gave it like a warm night. And I was like, fuck, dude. This is harsh. Christ, that is fucked up. Yeah, I know. It was a little cat, dude. It was so weird. I've never seen an animal that small and abandoned too. I wish I could have done like done something for it. But there at the needs same to time, be like cat sanctuaries that you can call or something that yeah. they can pick them up. And but like, I, I was reading a, a cat at that age without a mother or any like yeah, basically just a mother figure. It doesn't even have to be its direct mom. Like it's it's, it's it can't survive. You need to like totally. You need it. No. It's like a twenty four seven around the clock. Uh, task to keep it alive at that at that age you know so i was like that definitely makes sense but like i mean given like if you were to have a cat sanctuary you could have these like female mother cats that can at least try to be a wet nurse or something yeah hold on hold on real quick okay sorry yeah i just wanted to share that little cat information because it's fucking jarring as hell well, Seen that's fucked up, but that's about as jarring as a Luca Guagbino film. <laughs> Whoa, he burned his ass. Good, you gotta like it. Um, anyways, well, speaking of context, uh, one of <coughs> Argento's direct, well, Argento's directorial debut, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, mm. has a character in there that eats cats. Interestingly enough, and so. interestingly enough, I just watched his Masters of Horror episode and it's about this deformed woman who um also eats a cat in the film really yeah she's eating a, huh. she eats the family cat <laughs> the circle completes itself the circle completes itself it does Damn. but anyways let's get well, into yeah. suspiria dude let's get into the uh I'm sure we have a lot to praise about this one yes yes you read my mind oh i'm a witch witch <laughs> uh Burn the witch. witch. Burn her. La, 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 la. <laughs> witch. Witches. Okay. Um, yeah, so Old Suspiria came out uh, in the 70s. I believe it was 74 77. or something like that. 77. Okay. Uh, it comes out during a time when a lot of these like heavy hitter horror films are starting to come out too, like The Exorcist. And, a lot of stylized uh, horror films because they're starting exactly. to learn the technology starting to invade the suburban household and whatnot. Mm. Um, but Suspiria takes it in kind of different route, uh, which is interesting because Dario Argento, known for mainly his giallo films, which giallo, for people who don't know, is an Italian word that means yellow, but it also represents the yellow pulp paperback novels that came out in like uh, uh, post-fascist Italy. Uh, that were like mystery novels that had thriller elements and also elements of detectives and all this psychoanalytical uh, kind of bullshit. But um, basically, Dario Argento uh, kind of took that term and under the tutelage of another director named Mario Bava, uh, kind of used this uh, idea of giallo to make a, a truly vivid, iridescent sort of cinema and... Uh, he's one of my favorite filmmakers because he has a huge filmography, um, and each one that you get is going to be very similar to each other because they ha- they carry the same sort of uh, motifs. For instance, uh, things like convoluted narratives, neurotic pent up heroes, faceless black gloved killers, hilariously um, dubbed audio, <laughs> hilariously dubbed audio. You know, I was reading uh, uh, female victims. 
Uh, I was reading about the highly stylized about the audio. I was reading uh, apparently back in like the seventies and well, late to mid seventies. A lot of these films were the actors were speaking their own languages. Yeah, because they weren't like they. You can't teach that, especially back in the day. Like the resources, they didn't want to shell it out. So a lot of these people you see in these films are speaking like Italian and German to each other. German, yeah. So that's why they're like sometimes they're a little stiff. Like, oh, don't go, Sarah. Come on. <laughs> no, that's so true. Like, and like, what are you talking about? Like, delayed vocals. Yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> hey, I told you um, not to come over here. Jessica Harper, the girl who plays Susie, who's also in the new Suspiria, but only as like a faint ghost. Yeah, I mean, stupid if ghost. Is, is a stupid a great, ghost who leads him back to the yeah leads academy. his dumbass detective back to he's not even a detective. Yeah, don't don't give man, him the credit. Psychiatrist <laughs> uh, with anyway. a cheap accent. Jessica Harper was saying, like, in the uh, uh, bonus material that I was watching that, Ooh. like, she definitely had to uh, – everything was so naturalized between everybody that even if they spoke their languages, it's like they already knew the script and right. what each person had to say, that it felt very natural to them, you know? And, like, I think it came off very really well, especially, like, uh, one of the best scenes that they were talking about, Stefania Cassini, who plays Sarah in this one – uh, the part where they're in the pool and mm-hmm. they're uh, yeah. like floating across to this camera, you know, and then it goes to that high angle and then it goes back to them in the pool and they're floating back. Yeah. There's just something very, you know, magical about that scene, especially the way that it's shot, like the very limited motion of water and the sort of natural sisterhood between uh, Sarah and Susie just really comes out in this scene and like, the very blue sort of metallic quality that he gives it is like a lot of geo like it. geometric shapes and patterns throughout the film De- too. I mean, how underutilized is the architecture in fucking the remake compared right. to the older film? Like, the, I I felt so um, the older film kind of has felt a- embarrassed for Luca because he'd like it's almost like he didn't have the compunction to make a. A set design, or he didn't have the because yeah, I think a lot of what's the spirit is too is the set itself. It kind of reminds me of The Shining in the hotel over there. It's kind of elaborate, and you don't really know where what goes where. Things melt into things melt like melt into each other basically because like the way they are shot, the the way the uh, camera dollies everything, and it's all it's all to present this sort of fantastic uh, cinema. This like uh, sort of psychotic fairy tale if you will you know because Mm -hmm. they do take a he dario gento says that he was very inspired by uh snow white and the seven dwarves Mm, and that's why he uses a lot of these very bright vivid iridescent colors yeah that that Um, scene in uh kind of in the beginning when the murderer first murders those two people in the murder the woman gets murdered by glass the way she's sprawled out with the different colors of like blue and white yes her her, like pastelli blood it's just Uh so beautiful it really it's like no one shoots the death so stylized like Argento like you almost want to die in his films just to be <laughs> shot that way you know like, seriously he, yeah that's a great he, way to he put composes it. everything so beautifully like it, it, and it's just so like it sticks with you like the image of the fucking glass shard in that woman's head you know yeah. as he pans over and it's just like damn like it looks so intense, but also the colors just makes you so want elegant. To cap- yes, and it, like just keep that moment, you know, and like yeah, a painting. I, yeah, the uh, original one he, is much more elegant and very paint painting esque, I guess, for a lack of a better word. And 
the use of colors, like I think the new Suspiria was so toned down and just like monotone, so and muted, gray, and so muted. And I think that's also true to Tom York's soundtrack to that too, because everything true, true. in the entire film is just muted and just toned completely just like down. Abysmal, like seventies abysmal. abysmal times, and so everything had to be like fucking rustic or. Uh, iron or like right. you know like the colors of that Art like, Deco amber yeah. you know yeah well but, but the and then Argentos is just like bombastic bold angular light. shapes and yeah like squares circles fucking triangles oh put some circles there dude I don't give a shit like triangles on the door <laughs> who cares like everything is just like lined up in a way that resembles like a fractured reality a sort of fractured mm, mentality yeah. and. Again, going back to the Snow White uh, sort of metaphor, um, this movie was obviously made or directed by Dario Argento, but it was written by uh, him and his wife, Daria Nicolodi, who uh, is also uh, stars in a lot of his films as well. Um, and she said that she got the film from the idea for the film because this was mainly her story, she said. Uh, she wrote it and stuff. She wrote the screenplay. Did she Dario base it actually kind of, off of the Three Mothers original shorts well so that's based off of right off of uh tommy De, thomas de quincy's um sort of conflation of hellish torment and erotic ecstasy mm-hmm. uh that comes from the name of like uh suspiria in latin uh comes from a latin phrase called suspiria de profundis uh which means size from the depths and so this guy thomas de quincy in 1845 Use that word to explore um, a collection of essays that had to deal with the psychological fantasy uh, derived from the visions he'd experienced during his various drug-induced trips. Mm. So um, he started thinking more about this idea of uh, basically the, the, the size from the depth and how it conveys um, this sort of, again, like this hellish torment, you know? like. Right. Um, death in a sense and also very a very humanistic quality of breathing you know so that that's where this idea of the three mothers comes from is that de quincey imagined a trinity of sisters variously embodying the ominous tender and terrifying aspects of the human experience so you have our lady of tears mm-hmm. our lady of sighs and our lady of darkness and so from that this uh, woman, uh, Daria, just accompanied an old story that she used to hear when she was a kid from a friend that would tell her about this, um, about this fucking you know place that they knew about that would that would you know do dance and uh, cultural activities and the arts and stuff. But secretly, there were also this covenant who would study the occult and whatnot. Mm. And so from there, she had this dream about a woman running through these sort of black woods and just the way that it was filmed in the old film when uh, Susie is arriving yeah. at the, um, at the, the uh, dance studio. Um, and from there, she just like wrote this whole screenplay and it's like such a cool idea that it's like, damn, like you just take these various aspects from so many different things to create this like fantastical uh film that is really just like a a staple now like that is it's become such a classic you know not in the sort of disney sense you know but like in the fantastic sense you know suspiria is more so about atmosphere you know like this about creating atmosphere and creating environment 
and everything you can do within that space, you know? Um, and it's about confusion and disorientation and uh, these very fantastical elements that are meant to take the audience and the viewer into <clears throat> these people's lives and then s- slowly in- envelop them in the fucking mystery. Um, and I just don't feel like the remake has that sort of l- sort of path leading in, you know? Like, there was no real... I mean, you're following really just Susie the whole time and her experience through that in work. And the, the older one, yes. Well, in the newer one, you're kind of just following Susie. In the older one, you're following, I guess, Sarah and Susie because they're both investigating what the fuck's going on because Susie's drugged up for a good chunk of that film. And True, this one, you're kind I of think- seeing like... You're seeing Susie's character in the in the eighteen two thousand eighteen version. You're seeing Susie's character become Mother Suspirium as opposed to going through this experience within the confines of the academy. You're just kind of seeing this woman's like because it starts with her mother dying and like you see she's already a tormented person from the jump and she has this calling to this academy of witches. And then you see her grow through that, and then you see her overcome all that. Where in this one, it's just like these two women who are being surrounded by mystery and darkness, and they don't know. They're just trying to enter a dance school. And it's like you said, it's more of a, a mystery film and more of like a, I guess, slasher-esque film. And I think it's way more compelling than just following this one character and seeing, I guess, throwing people along in her path who are also supposed to drive her storyline. Yeah, that's I get I get what you're saying now because like I almost felt like the remake was like not focused on her. It was like more focused on these other aspects. But again, those other aspects were only to drive her as a character, right. yeah, to become this like mother of, figure to uh, all of them. And it's just like, first off, you were never they were never hinting at that either. Like none of that in the like, original. No, 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 in the new one. Like, none of that was ever, like, taken into account, really. It just kind of happened. To me, I always thought that she, like, it, when I first saw it, I thought they were prepping her to be a vessel. F- well, that is what That's they're what, doing. That is actually no, what they're doing. No, that is what they were going to yeah, do. Yeah, you're but right, you're like, right. They never explained that she also was this, like, really powerful. Way- like, where did that come into play? I don't I don't really understand how I that think, happened. Yeah. Like, is it because fucking Madame Blanc was like killed and so she inherited like her power? I don't fucking know, but <laughs> it just like it just didn't make sense. And at least with this one, there is a sense of like you're being led through a mystery. You're gonna find out what is the what is happening. You're gonna be resolved in that resolution, and then the hero is better for it because she gets to escape and she learns something afterwards. You right. know, and like it's a very heroic ending uh to the original whereas the remake it's like so this bitch just becomes the mother just to tell this dying tilda swinton that (laughs) by the way your wife died in the nazi camps i don't know if you knew that we found her it's like yeah she got picked up i know you're sad but you're old so it doesn't matter so you're gonna die anyway hey by the way i'm gonna Uh, fucking take all your memory away and also pain is necessary so i'm gonna leave it um okay bye my mother's suspiria and credits. And Tom York, come through, please. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, and it's so infuriating, you know? Very but like infuriating. At, at least with the original, you have so many things. I mean, the original one is just a more fun movie. Like, even as a so drama horror, horror film, it's just a fun movie to watch. Like, it's kind of corny in a sense, but that's the 70s, you know? 
Uh-huh. But it also drives the storyline. It makes these people look even like more dumb, but you're like they're a lovable kind of dumb throughout the film. You're like rooting for how stupid some of these people are. True, yes. And like that's why the death scenes are so comical in a way too. Yeah. Because like they break their heads through so much glass that it's <laughs> unnecessary, ah! but it's they indulge into these they indulge in these like nonsensical aspects, you know, that like really heighten the tension and the anxiety of it. Like I love that scene in the old one where um, uh, Sarah is running away from the, uh, from the killer and she's like stuck in that. Falls in the barbed wire. Well, before that, like the razor blade is like, like, Oh, trying to pick the lock lock, kind of. Yeah. Like the sound for that even was like, so it's so cool. And And then the tight shot of him just like, Barely picking up the lock and her yeah, cutting yeah, to her exactly. and like shriveled up in the f- corner. And it's so quiet and tense, you know? And then yeah. she just jumps into the barbed wire and then it's straight into this like <laughs> fucking craziness. And uh, it's it was cool because when I saw the bonus material, the actress Stefania Cassini was saying that they could only film that scene once because mm. obviously, you know, it wasn't barbed wire, but like – the wire itself, just being tangled in that was so yeah. terrifying and, like, pinches your skin. She's like, they Ugh. only, that was it. Like, after that first take, she was like, I'm not fucking doing that again. Like, you, if you got it, you got it. That's it. Jeez. Work with it. The shit that they put actors and actresses through back in the, the days, they just had no regulation, no shame. They just did not care. Like, they worked the shit out of these actors and put them through some grueling ass Oh, I don't Stop doubt it. But even shots. in these new ones, apparently, like, Dakota Johnson from this new one was, like, really horrified from the shit that she had to go through. Really? Uh, in the new one. Yeah, and I mean, like, the dance scenes, I can kind of see that. Like, there are some, like... I mean, it's grueling for your body, moves. dancing for your body. Doing those jumps when they're getting into, like, practice yeah. little jumps, that shit uh-huh. tires you the fuck out. Just totally. jumping in place. And I can imagine this Luca guy being like, no, no, we didn't get it. I need no. the other one. I need the uh, other one. Jump again. Okay, please. <laughs> but if you will, Dakota, from the top. Um, but at least with Dario, like, everyone loved him. Like, all the actors knew him. All the actresses were like, I love your work. Immediately when they called them, they were like, yeah, I want to work with you. Let's do mm-hmm. it. They, like, they were so in tune to his vision because he knew exactly what he wanted. He knows exactly how to set up his shots. He knows what he wants from the actors emitted from them, you know, and, like, uh, they respond to that in a way that, like, again, makes the film heightened in, like, the cultural and uh, historical sense. Like, the value for that type of um, wholeness in a film, you can't find in, in most places. Like, yeah. you're, that's why it's a classic. And it's like, just a the, testament to Argento and how much he cared about exactly, his actual yes. craft. Like, he was an auteur from start to finish. Like, that he lived and breathed film. And 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 back to you know let's get back into the soundtrack for the original one too like you said he worked on com- composing the music for this film and it shows like the music is so fitting it's so exhilarating and just memorable the band goblins goblins people, yeah want to look that up and you said he's been working on with them right he did a uh, a tenebre they, or was it Denimbra, deep red tenebra uh, and um, deep red they also did the soundtrack for um, and then obviously for Suspiria. Uh, I think they might have done a couple other ones. I know Neil Morricone mm-hmm. is uh, very famous. He's done a lot of work with Dario Argento as well. See? And just back to his attention to detail, getting master composers. Masters. To be on his 
And like the even the guy um But Tom York's a master of the Grammys. <laughs> Uh, the cinematography for the old film, which was done by Luciano Tavoli, uh, who also works with Dario a lot, it was like he, when uh, Dario first approached him with the project, he was very nervous because obviously Dario has this vision that he wants to encapsulate, but it's like, how do you do that with that co- with the color scheme, you know, that you want from that with the right. lighting, even? And um, what was interesting is that he was saying that like. Because of the electronics that exist now, there's no way that you can ever do a scene like that again. Because the technic- the technicalities that went into lighting a scene like that and mm-hmm. putting the colors in that were were like original for its time. No one had ever done that before. And you can't recreate that now because now everybody does it digital. Like all the digital mm-hmm. technology people use, even some of the lights they use don't exist anymore. The cameras they use... They went through this like yeah, company called um, Technicolor or something, and they these cameras were going out of business, I guess. So they were, you know, stripping the parts and selling them, and they only had one camera available. And they basically begged the company to get it to shoot this film, remodify the camera just to make it. And then after they were done, they fucking took the camera back, took it apart, and then sold the pieces. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I think like back in the day, because their resources were so limited in terms of like the technology, it just the attention to detail that they put in making sure these shots were precise, because it it must have been so difficult to edit it and get the color scheme correctly in post. You know, now we have all computers and digital cameras and all this crazy shit. Yeah, we'll just hide it in post, like we get an After Effects or something like. Or you put color correction on it that makes everything look fucking dead. Yeah, I I just think that, like, over, I guess, uh, technology and thematics that are used in films are just really the big downfall for a lot of these films nowadays. They are. There's no. It's like, that's all that's the. That's like the focal point. It's like, look what we can do now with our films and animations. Like, look at this shit. Like we've said, we came there. Look how many horses we could put on the screen. It's like. Like, I don't know if you've seen Endgame, which. (laughs) <laughs> like Endgame was a perfect example of that. Like, look it, we got everybody on screen, armies and all, all the Wakandans. We only had about twenty actual people there, and it's just like, dude, who cares about it? Doesn't even we look filmed that this cool. in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, it's like as a gamer, dude, and I'm not impressed by these weak ass cinematics that are in these films nowadays. Like, dude, nope. I, I always say like people are make such a big stink about when Avatar came out. And they were like, oh, my God, like, Avatar is such a beautiful film. Like, you'll never get anything like Avatar. And then it was like, yeah, yeah. And then it happened. And then millions of other films stepped way over that film. And now there's, dude, every year, I I swear to God, it's always like Avatar. James Cameron confirms new Avatar saga coming out. And Avatar. Like, there's always this surrounding hype about Avatar. And it's like. Who the fuck cares about Avatar now? Seriously. It's so old. Like, what the fuck? It's why make a big fuss over this film that did nothing for actual cinematography? No, it's it's all it's literally just all about the money, which you can see with the remake. Even like, it's a vain project for this guy who wants to make money off of something that was already fucking good and will stand the test of time more so than your shitty piece of you know. Oh, that you wanted to dude, put out Suspiria there. Dude, is so forgettable. Like, I, it 
kicks its ass. The old one, terms- or the new one, rather, is, is forgettable. And yes, it does kick its ass in terms of having memorable scenes and things that you can call back on as a filmmaker. I'm not a filmmaker, but if I were to be a filmmaker, there were things that I would definitely pull from from the original Suspiria, as opposed to trying to examine like how cool he stylized the dance and the modern yes. version. Yeah, God, yeah, and that's what I even like the Coven better because in the you don't original? know anything about them in yeah. the original. Like they're just like this very like uh, matriarchal group that is like uh, that is benevolent, that is very just like uh, nurturing. You know, they want to establish like a sort of family, and then get at, out. The, at the end, you get Joan Bennett just like kill the bitch, find the bitch, and kill her. Yeah. And it's so cool because it's like damn, I love when they okay. kick the blind guy out. But then I love that I love that they kick the blind guy out, and then his first thing to do is go to this yodeling show, and he's yeah, sitting that out is there. Such a, and I'm like, does he just like listening to yodeling? Like, who likes just listening to yodel? Because he's blind, he can't see the the performance that's associated with it. He's just, that's exactly what I was thinking too when I saw does that. Does he scene. like that? And where's his, his dog? Just chilled outside a yodeling club. And I also thought, why, like, why did you film, like, why this part? <laughs> why a yodeling clip? <laughs> yeah. So you random. You just go to a random bar. But that's what also makes know? the film so much, like, back to it being fun. There's just these things that you can call yeah, back on and be like, exactly. why the fuck did you put that in the film? But then I also kind of like it. It's, like, funny. And it's true to the 70s filmmaking. And then the giallo just kind of like, Wah! like, here's a weird scene. But it's also like, this guy. And then he moves on into the Munich Square where fucking Hitler used to give his speeches, and that's Hell where yeah. he dies. Which is, which is a really cool scene. Fitting. Yeah, that's a great scene, actually. And that song, which, that, again, that Goblin song that's playing in that scene is dope as fuck. Yes, exactly. Which, again, Luciano Tavoli, the cinematographer, was like, that was a bitch of a scene to light. Another one of those things. To light? Like, to light? Oh, oh yeah. Dude, you're that square is fucking huge you know like yeah, you can yeah. tell and they have to get these ginormous lights again they don't even make these lights anymore like that's how fucking the, you are literally watching a capsule of time mm-hmm. and culture mm-hmm. and ingenuity all in one yes. film yeah ingenuity that's some, dude that's key for what films are lacking nowadays yes and like you will never see that anymore and the innovation that was that was f- created from this film. Like you'll see it reflected in many other films that have come out uh, since then. You know that like have pay an ode or, or an homage to Dario Argento, but nothing will ever look like that again. Yeah, I mean so, our, our boy Gaspar. A lot of his films are very stylized in that kind of color and yeah, exactly. And uh, they're true. Fucking, they feel authentic and actually like it's like a fresh as opposed to trying to water something that's already been done and has had its time in history you know gaspar is very because it, and it's also very original because it's yeah. like he's not doing what this guy's doing he's right like he's taking his t- own spin on it and, be, and he's drawing from it but he's not directly trying to emulate yeah that's a an emulation is like a good way to put it because like it's almost like luca wants to be dario like he wants <laughs> to have that vision um, but he, he, he's just not there, you know, like he doesn't, he's not all, he's not all the way, um, I think immersed again in what he wanted from right. the actual, like he wanted to just elevate the metaphor so that the metaphor would speak for itself. But that's the problem with metaphor, dude. It's like, it leads to a fucking amount of interpretation that's going to leave 
frankly, some people bothered and others satisfied. It's I, like yeah, a I think just creating very polarizing me- film. Yeah, creating too many metaphors and not really like caring to explain them is a is a big theme I'm seeing with a lot of films nowadays. And I think it's just a lazy effort as much as it's trying to be an artistic, like layered effort. It's just kind of like yeah. you said back to this vanity of just being like look how what i can sprinkle and look at these leads that i can create you with but they don't mean anything so uh i mean that's ahead. basically the oscars right like <laughs> those are all vain fucking projects that these crows love watching especially if it has to do with the history of film any movie that has to do with the history of film or relates back to the old days of film Boom! Oscar nomination all the time. You like, think uh, so? You think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's gonna be up for that? Category? Oh, I don't. I don't doubt it, dude. I really don't. Yeah, people love old Hollywood, huh? When it was the glory days of racism, the glory days of rape, exploitation, death, and exploitation. Yeah, like who wants to go back to that? Why are these <laughs> these people are so infatuated with, with that the idea? old days? Yeah, it's like, they're infatuated God, with man. the wrong aspects of old filmmaking and. They're just morphing it into this blob of, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's just disgusting. <laughs> like to the Oscars and to the credit of like, not to the credit, but to like going into mainstream films and what are nominated for Oscars. Like they're all just, yeah, vain. It's all you can really yeah. chalk it up to. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, bad taste in my mouth. Well, it's a good thing films like those original Suspiria and other ones exist. So yeah, so we watched more than one Argento film. Uh, what other ones did you watch? Um, I didn't get time to go watch through, but I watched a I've watched a little bit of Inferno where I was at. I kind of just threw it on. A little tough to chew, but still, it's Argento. I was into it. But what I was really into was what I was watching today, which is Master of Horrors short Jennifer. Which, for the listeners, if you haven't seen that, go check it out because it's pretty fucking creepy. Um, a lot of cat eating in there. Not a lot, but there's cat eating. Um, and it's, yeah, much more modern Argento, much more toned down Argento, mm. much more just centered on two, a few characters, not really too stylized in any way. Um, just fucking creepy. That's another interesting thing about Suspiria because it was such a like uh, um, side piece or step away, if you will, from like his original canon of the sort of, de- you know, thriller films. Thriller film, but also still a little bit true to the thriller. Of course, yeah. They still had, like, the same characteristics, but a lot of it was, like, just different, you know? Like, yeah. it didn't... Because, again, all female characters, you know, like, um, very minor characters with the men, you know? It was very, like, female-led, which was, like, great about it, too. So it's like you didn't have these male protagonist and not really like, exploitive because back in the back yeah, in those days too. female like what's the woman in the the birdcage or so, what's the what are those movies just just those exploitation films it was all just like <laughs> exploitive of women totally these protagonists and he, i mean he still is like yeah 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 don't get me wrong like in his in the other films like in the giallo films with like bird with the crystal plumage tenebra um fucking deep red even phenomena like all of these uh, films that came out, he definitely was interested in this idea of um, psychosis of women, but like as it was inflicted upon them by males, basically yeah. by a male perpetrator. And whereas in Suspiria, it's all female led, which is great. It's just like you have this female led mystery that's a fantasy horror, and um, it's such a step away from what he's used to, but also very much Argento again, like you were saying. 
but that's what makes it more fantastic. Like everything about it is just like that's why it's Suspiria. That's why it's a cult favorite, dude. And that's why it's we can oh, anytime you put that movie on, <sighs> find more things to enjoy about it's a it. Breath of fresh air, right? It's there. funny because, like you said, or not like you said, but like with this Suspiria, the more I watch it, the more I find things that I like or enjoy. Where in the <laughs> the inverse of that, with the new modern one, there's the more I watch it, the more I kind of start to dislike it. Yeah, so that's exactly. just a testament to modern filmmaking and uh. The new, the new Suspiria. Don't watch it. Well, I'll watch it, but just know what you're getting yourself in the store for. Tell us what you think. Tell us, listeners. Call to action. Um, leave a comment and let us know what you think. Which one's better? Which yeah, one, which is, one better? is better? But uh, yeah, Caesar, uh, you really got to get on those Masters of Horror series. Yeah, I do definitely. Well, mainly the Takashi Miike one. I wanted to talk about it this week, but you didn't see it, so I won't spoil any absolutely anything for you because it's a film definitely worth going into without knowing what the fuck's going to happen and it's cool the way like the way that the main guy it sounds like you're watching an anime film or i don't know Mm. it just felt very anime like just oh i don't i don't want to say anything because i want you to go watch but just keep anime dialogue anime sort of interactions with each other in mind when you go watch it okay and then just be ready i'll just say that Oh damn! Have okay. you looked it up at in any at, at all? I've seen some stills from it, like some images, okay. distorted faces and whatnot. Um, yeah, I posted something on Twitter about it because I'm hyped on it, but, and that too. Yeah, I, but I didn't post it, anything that was worth that spoils the film. I had, and I remember I had seen it like way back in the day when I was first. Well, not way back in the day. This is only a couple years, a few years ago. But like when I was first looking up his films on Amazon to watch, that one would always pop up, but it was like. Oh, I, I don't know. Like, he has such a vast uh, filmography. It's like, yeah. damn, like, which one do you choose? And that one was, like, not on my list. And now it's like, fuck, I want to watch everything that he does. So, <laughs> yeah. We need to do this an episode on it. Maybe not to. next week, but we definitely need to do a Takashi Miike. Definitely. Episode. Because, like you said, his catalog is enormous. And there's so many of them that I love, too. Oh, yeah. That, I mean... Too many to name at this moment. Like, everything is so... He's so cool. 13 Assassins, fucking Blade of the Immortal. Fucking uh, Rainy Dog. Rainy Dogs. Shinjuku uh, Triad Society. Which is hilarious. I love that film. Dude, it starts off with a fucking prostitute, or male prostitute blowing Fucking Takashi, dude. He, and he then holds, killing a cop. He holds nothing back. <laughs> and I, That's nuts. why I love him. He's just unapologetically raw. Gozu, god damn, another one that's just like, what is going on? He has he done any anime work? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. I d- I don't doubt it honestly, but I'm not sure. I think he's I'm, done even family movies, like just regular yeah. kids, fa- <laughs> family kid films. Oh my god, audition! How could I forget audition? Audition, yep. He uh, loves needles. I'm just starting to realize that. He really loves little needles. Needles? Interesting. Wow. You know what? That is true because even in Itchy Itchy the Killer. Yeah. Um Itchy literally that's his like main weapon that he yeah. uses. Are those like those needle things? Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. I love that film. Ichi or audition? Itchy. Yep. Ichi. So cool. It uh, is really cool. But yeah, I mean, I, that's another great filmmaker that I think that like there's Needs just like so much good film out there. Why waste your time with shit that is like 
going to be forgotten about. I mean, dude, in a in a year, dude, or a couple months. Fucking like Disney is just fucking rehashing old film, old classic cartoons. Like they are classic. The old Aladdin and the old Lion King. As a child, those are classic films. Now they're like, Ooh. oh my god, live a- and it's back to the whole CGI jerk off shit. Action. It's like Except cool. Beyonce, she's gonna kill it as Nala. Like who fucking gives a fuck about any of these films? They've already been done. Like why are people hyped on Will Smith being a goddamn genie? These are chi- fucking understand. These are films for children. You know, like literally films for children. Like, why are you getting so upset or so excited about who's playing who? You know, like right. But this dude, is adults. Just, so many adults I know, grown ass people post about I'm this saying. shit, and they, like it, they're they are literally yeah, film for children. I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> and to, when they were going to do live action. Oh, John Favreau just knows how to bring these characters to life. Uh, it's uh, it's cringe. Everything, everything about is what they cringe. Make. Snow White and the Huntsman. The Huntsman. Like God. they've been making. There's like two of them, I think, that they came out. There's or there's a whole Maleficent. series. With it. Yeah, Maleficent. That's the next like, one. Like what coming the out. fuck? Oh my god, <sighs> dude. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But even like actually adult centered films. Like what are some other films right now that are what are the, the like. The most recent dramas are serious, I guess, if you will. We're like, what's out right now? Let's, let's see. Well, let's... John Wick was great. I saw John Wick three. That was sick as fuck. I haven't seen um, it. Godzilla. Oh, I also saw Ma. I forgot to talk about that. I've heard I mixed things that. about Ma. It. I did have mixed feelings about it as well. I need to um, see it. I almost wish they. I mean, there are some good parts in it, but yeah, yeah there it could have been done a little better. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there were. Te- yeah, they were, the hype was real for that one. But did they Let's live up to that. the hype? Not in some ways, I think. Hmm, interesting. So, I, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to say anything. Because like, it is better to be experienced. From that side. <laughs> the trailers are so funny. I know, dude. Don't drink alone now. Don't make me drink alone now. <laughs> don't make me drink alone. Don't make me drink alone. <laughs> is that a song she sings? Yeah, she's just like singing into the camera, like oh. doing her own vlogging, basically. It's so weird. I want to. I want to see. There's something to say about the social media aspect, though, in the uh-huh. film, which I thought was interesting, and just the way that people interact with each other as compared to when obviously this person was younger, you know, <clears throat> um, and just the way she has to connect now with people as compared to then. So there mm. is some of that aspect in it, but um, other than that, I mean, she's a great actress. Could, did, like, she's so good at uh, being Ma. What's her name? <laughs> Octavia Butler. For... Yeah. Who made, who directed Ma? Tate Taylor. Let's see. This? He did the Help. Get on up. Girl on the train. Hmm. Interesting lineup. Not too mad at it. Ooh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. <laughs> no, yeah. And High I Spy. Dude, I, as a kid, I used to love I Spy. I don't know why I loved that movie so much. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Is that the one with uh, what's her face? It's with Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy. Oh wait, never mind. Kelly Robinson, fifty-seven and oh. You never seen that movie? No, <laughs> no, I don't. It was one of those movies I just loved as a dumbass kid. <clears throat> but yeah, dude, we need to get more. I'm, I'm digging the film well, yeah, um, catalog we're going through for our episodes here. Definitely, there's so much that I feel like we watch. All the time. I mean, it's like, why not talk about it? Yeah, totally. 
Totally. What uh, whatever? What should we do for some upcoming ones? Let's give the listeners a little teaser of what we want to work on here. I say we do um, some uh, some anime. We haven't done. We haven't really talked about anime, and I want to talk about that. Maybe some more comics. X Men Extinction. Shout out to Ed Pisker. Just came out. That'd be good to do. Yeah, we should do some Ed Pisker or an Ed Pisker episode at least. Yeah, at least on the new X Men comics, as opposed to the fucking um, movies. But, but and just like the state of comics now too. Like that. I mean, we have done that previous episode. <clears throat> For listeners, if you want to go back and listen to that with JDB, uh, that we started to talk about a little bit about the state of comics as it was then. But of course, now we are in the future and times are different. But there are some new comics that I've been reading or stuff that is old that I've been reading recently. So it'd be nice hey, to talk about that. You sent us that cool one. Uh, it was like a cultish. I forget what it was called. Um what was it called? It was like just a. It was a not colored version of it. Um, fuck. Oh, um, he's this Greek artist named Stefan Stefan something Stephanus. Here we go. Imperium. But what's the guy's name? Um, his handle. Uh, his handle. The his, uh, decadence comics is what his handle is. Oh, okay. Well, the act, the artist's name, he's this Greek guy. I can't ever forget. Whoa, his website's it's, cool. It's got like lizard people on it and shit. Yeah, he does <laughs> this very occultic stuff that's really that's neat. But it also looked like his shit is, looks like really messy as well. Like there, there's a lot of clutter cool. to it. Yeah. But it also reminds me of um, highly stylized works from like old issues of like heavy metal and whatnot. Mm, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, here we are again. Another episode, dude. Another year in. Well, first year in. It's been a year anniversary. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, maybe we'll do a year episode. Just like, With Donovan? With Donovan, yeah. Hey, Donovan, give my money back, dog. We'll get the whole crew and we Don, should do a Steven, Gary, mm, JDB. I don't like that. An orgy of a podcast, if you will. <laughs> Eight people in one room trying to do one episode. Oh, we also have another a guy who works with this podcast, too, that I haven't seen. Uh, hey, Joel, shout out to you, wherever you are in the nebulous of life. In the ether. In the ether. Joel is in the, in the ether. He's in the Instagram ether, because that's where I do most of my communicating with him. Hey, but go follow that guy, Joel Q. Joel Q, yeah. He's doing he's like good, so, good stuff coming up. What I still hate him, because he's fucking suing us, so don't forget. Yeah, I didn't forget about it. that. Nah, I never forget about that. I wake up screaming. My that. retainer fucking for my lawyer doesn't forget about that. Believe me. Believe, Believe you, you me. me. Well, here we are. Yeah, oh. Here we are at another crossroads in life. Do we fucking kill ourselves or do we continue to podcast? Why not next week when we might do a mass murder-suicide on each other? We should uh, totally do that. Are you down? We, we, should start our own ac- we should start our own academy and try and get people in it. Like, our own hey, dance I'll, studio. Yeah, like, hey, I'll teach you how to podcast. Come here. La, la, la. I'll be in the corner making the music. La, la, la. I'll be like setting someone dance up. To that. I'll be setting someone up for their like recording on my laptop or something, but I'll just be staring at you like 
talk speaking telepathically. Just like, like yes, this is we're going just as planned. What do we got planned? I don't know. Yeah, so you're watching her. She's perfect, huh? Look at her energy, <laughs> the vessel. And then we can have Tom York playing in the background. Marcos, Marcos. Unmade. Marcos, yes, Marcos. Do you see it? Unmade. Marcos. Marcos. Ugh, that movie made me fucking sick. Although I like the way they portrayed Helena Marcos in the other one in the remake, she looked really ghastly and just this really ghastly toad or blob of flesh, which was cool. This is not art. (laughs) Oh well, much to say and much to talk about these films, and I think we hit the nail on the head with both of them. One's an instant classic, timeless film. The other one is a self jerk. Chalk yes. it up to that, but also eh, enjoyable. It's fun to watch people masturbate sometimes, like yeah, people on the true. bus. So check them out if you have any listeners. Check out the original first. Hail Argento! Uh, you can uh, skip Luca. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have anything planned? You know what? It doesn't even matter. As I was asking the question, I instantly regretted. Call it me by your name too. Oh, call me by your Suspiria name. Suspiria too. The other side. But uh, yeah. Thank you, listeners, for listening to us. As always, we're going to come back right at you next week with something else. And, and for the rest of your goddamn lives, we're all burn up on this planet. <laughs> Which is damn near soon. So get on that Suspiria, y'all. Yeah, maybe we should do uh We'll talk about it later. But thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to us once again. Like and subscribe. We love you all. We love you all. And we love what we do. So... Peep it, listen to it, so, buy it, rip it, zip yes. it, technologic. Okay, listeners, we will see you witches. all. Witch! See you next week. You witch, burn the witch, burn her. Burn the witch, don't burn her. <laughs>